0: DJ Nation, Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. It's Major Week this week for the PGA Championship from Southern Hills. I am with my boy, everyone's favorite Canadian, the Canadian Pitbull, Mr. Big Head himself, Tyler Tamboline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Let's do it this week
1: for a major. Oh, man. I can't follow that up, Kenny. I love the hype. I love the nicknames. I love everything that goes with it. Excited to be back. I'm excited to be back with you with this much hype. I'm always excited for a major. Love the harder events like this. Last week, we'll talk about it when we get to the recap. Felt a little bit like John Rahm back at, I think it was the American Express when he said these fucking putting contests. Kind of like these fucking birdie fests. It's not anything wrong with it. I like the changeup. I got no problem with it. The course, none of that stuff that everything was talking about. But in general, uh, definitely excited to get back to a harder event. That's where I seem to do my best. So I'm excited. Lots of million dollar prizes on the line this week. Lots of 100K plus prizes this week. We'll talk about our listener league. We'll talk about the Byron Nelson. But before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show and podcast is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We'll have an offer later on for you guys from DraftKings Sportsbook. And then, of course, our friends over at Fantasy National, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first month. Kenny, KH Lee, man. KH Lee comes through again. TPC Lee gets the job done. Craig Ranch with the KH in front of the reg at the top. This guy just does it, man. And what he held off was pretty damn impressive. When you think about the guys down the stretch, look, Xander probably wasn't going to be in there. Reminded me of Rory at the Masters. We're like, oh, he's coming back. He's going to win it. No, these guys have fucking nine holes left at a course with all these eagles and birdies and everything going on. But quite the comeback from Xander from making the cut the way he did almost a memorial-esque for many years ago when he was like plus eight, battle back, made the cut, finished 12th or something. Much better here, but there was lots of scoring to be had. But uh, who? Decky, X, JT, uh, all these other guys behind him. Scheffler was in the mix at one point there. And then of course, Spieth, right on his ass, made that mistake there. What were your thoughts on the Byron Nelson? What are your thoughts on Cage Lee getting the job done again? I mean, it's sort of funny. It's a birdie fest, but the leaderboard at one point in time was like
0: Spieth, JT, Decky, Xander, Scheffler, a few strokes back. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was like the best players uh, that played the field were up top. I mean, you know, so I mean, I, I don't know what to really make of that. Uh, it's always great seeing the Korean win. Always a fan uh, of KH Lee. Had a few shares. I'm trying to remember. This is There's been repeat winners more than one. It's not the first one this season. I think it's at Sam, second, Burns, or maybe.
1: Sam Burns at the Valspar.
0: Yeah, and I, I, there might have been one more uh, before that. I, I'm not 100% sure, but, I mean, you know, three guys who, have you know, held their title for the previous year, it seems sort of rare. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I didn't hate the tournament. A birdie fest is a birdie fest. There's going to be birdie fest. Yeah. That's just the way the tour is. I mean, everyone's playing the same course. I got no problem with it. And it ended up being good TV because, I mean, we had all the best guys up top. Uh, I, and then K.H. Lee, of course, coming through uh, at the end. I mean, yeah, it was, I was—I—I have no problem with courses like that. We're not going to get, you know, Southern Hills every week. It's just, I mean, if, if they—if that happened, golfers would burn out so quickly. Careers would end so much faster uh, if these guys had to play, you know, uh, even par golf to win tournaments every freaking week. It just wouldn't be fun. For these guys, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't want to go out and do it, you know. Uh, the so Saudi know. tour
1: would be bumping at that there point, you go, there, right? Lots yeah. of people that want to go over and just play their their scheduled set events and just move on with it, make the money, and go. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I got no problem with easy events. They, they're needed on on the tour.
0: I, I mean, I you know, it gives opportunities to, to golfers who probably couldn't c- contend in even part settings. Uh, you know, throughout if they had to play that every week, week in and week out. So yeah, I got no problem with it. People who bitch about it, just enjoy it. You know, it's not like it's every week. We've had you know a lot of you know a lot of tournaments that were a little bit tougher than we thought they were going to be uh, this season. So uh, yeah, I got no problem with it. It was a fun tournament to watch, lots of birdies. Uh, you just had to keep up, and that's it. I mean, you know, that's what you got to do.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say about it is I think it's it can only really be a downfall. I guess or like I can understand people tilting their lineups because it's like one eagle here, one stroke streak there, one all four under seventy bonus. We're talking DraftKings, of course, scoring that. I get why that's tilting to you, like oh this screwed me at the end, or oh now I'm going to wait and see this happen. But t- from the viewing perspective, like you mentioned, like once you, if, if you just take that out of it. I thought it was incredible down That's the stretch. Someone, like you yeah. got KH Lee hitting like that Sergio-esque shot where he's like out of the dust and has to run. and and the best is because KH Lee, of course, has that great quote, right? Where he works out hard, but he eats hard too. And so you see the little belly jiggling a little bit as he runs up the hill to follow the shot and he plants it right up there with a chance at Eagle and just little things like that down the stretch. Every shot matters that much more. Uh speed puckering up and that triple bogey, like. You know he could do it, but you still, you're on the edge of your seat. That's like you said, all the dudes were in it. The best cream of the crop rose to the top. KH Lee, you say what you want about him. It's back to back with that field. And the the people to go back to back at the Byron Nelson was like, I I don't even remember what it was. It's like Sam Snead, two other just (laughs) incredible golfers from back in the day. And and, then, well, known. I just don't remember the names exactly right now in front of me, but like KH is up there with them. And it just, you know, when you think of those three, you definitely don't think of KH Lee, but by all means he got the job done. The other guys that were there, I mean, just a lot of guys in the mix. And like you said, a lot of big names, but it's going to be interesting, Kenny, bringing it across to this week when you have all these dudes, Spieth, X, um decky and then of course jt and scheffler right up there in the mix as well dj kind of okay. does what dj let, does
0: let me ask you for how much are you taking last week for the golfers that played into effect this week i think there's certain ways to look at it. well how are you going to go about that because i mean you know it's a totally different course totally yeah. different type of game needed but there are things that you know you have to be playing well Going oh, yeah. in to these majors. I know Andy Lack has a podcast out. Great. I think me and you have both been on his pod. Really, really good stuff. And he was talking about Steve Banford. Um, you know, one of his quotes saying that like since 2015, uh, outside of the COVID year, uh, you know, like like every golfer that has won a major has played either one of the le- one of the two events two weeks prior mm-hmm. to the major. Uh also like something like T to green. I'm not 100 percent sure about this these stats. Go to Uh, At Bamford Golf to double check these numbers, but he was saying something like, you know, a bunch of those winners were like almost 14 of the last 15 major winners were like top finished top 30 in their previous event, all of them made the cut, except for like, you know, um, Phil uh, last year. Uh, or something like that. And then like it was what you seven, said. It was 14 seven, out of 15, yeah.
1: except Phil. Yeah. And then Phil happened to be like first round leader or something. Yeah, so there was yeah, at yeah, least yeah. a semblance of form. Yeah. And then coming across. Go ahead. And then like seven of the last
0: 15 winners finished top 10 in their in their previous start, you know, leading up to their major win. So form is important. Uh, you know, I mean, especially when we're getting to a course where, you know, I don't think you can try and find your game. This is not a find your something else. It's not a find your game type course. So if you have to go play an easy ass course to get confidence in your game, to feel good with your ball striking, I think that can help, even though that course is nothing like the course you're going to play this week. What do you think?
1: Yeah, a couple things stand out. First off, the form is form is form. Like you said, the the interesting part about a birdie fest and seeing all these top guys at the top of the board is that, yeah, like that sounds crazy. And when you think about it out loud, like, of course, yeah, the best golfers played scored the most, but what normally happens anybody who follows it as much as we do are on top of it like us in this bubble the birdie fests are why the guys like Rom or the Schefflers aren't just going out and winning it handily Rom at the Mexico Open a, a couple of weeks ago yes he was a three and a half to one favorite yes he still did get the job done but it was still tough to do because the scoring is out there for any of these guys to find and we know how good a Sebastian Munoz a Davis Riley a, a Malnati even James Hahn has been in the mix and then people start eating chips and he starts missing down the line but either way these guys can all get to the top so to have these guys in there uh still says something about where their game's at like you said we're gonna get to the course this week you got a great course breakdown on it where it's not gonna be easy and that's for sure and you can't come in with just half-assing it or, or like mediocre game you're gonna have, to have what your do you best what, stuff. what do you do with the guys
0: who you sort of like this week before last week like birds like gooch like yeah. Willie Z. I was just going to say that. The cut. Sure. that well, that's what the are you going to do point. with those guys?
1: Yeah. It's more about the guys at the top. Those guys will still come into play. Like I don't go away from them just because of that. We'll see where they land within my pool. But uh, I was going to say the biggest thing that comes across for me is the ownership. Like think about the ownership, but even though people were already going to like a speeth, a decky, a Xander type, for this course. They just always like those guys going into major Speeth had the grand slam narrative. Of course, Decky's just been finding his game, been healthy. Uh, again, from what we've seen, like obviously the masters, we were a bit worried now he looks great. And so that was going to come into play even before the final round and sort of what he did over the weekend. And then X just going off from just barely squeezing in to make the cut on Friday to come back and top five, the thing that's just going to boost ownership. JT already popular, former PGA champion. So I'm going to take that into consideration when we're looking at guys around them, because, while they're playing the best this field for this week at the PGA championship still has a lot of excellent golfers that, you know what? Trends are made to be broken. Some of them will sit and will hold, but there's other great guys that you could play in those ranges where you don't have to fade them all. I'm just saying that will definitely influence the ownership for this week. And that's where I'm going to use it most. Yeah. I think in these, in these top, in these, in these
0: really, really strong fields, I think ownership is, especially up top is more important than normal just because you're getting guys who are elite golfers at lower, pro, lower ownership, you know, and a regular event, you know, that these guys, there's not going to be this many elite guys and you're not going to have low ownership on them. Like you would, like, I don't know, this week, you look at more cow, DJ Brooks, uh, you know what I'm saying? Those guys are going to be probably pretty damn low owned, and they all have, you know, they've won majors here a lot of them uh recently so uh we'll, we'll see how that goes I the ownership plays a part but you know we'll, we'll get into that more as we get into these tiers and stuff like that uh before we get into anything else uh we're gonna do a quick it worked out last time we did a we did a story time with kenny classic uh for the masters we'll do another one since we tend to get a lot more newer listeners uh this one is my um snitches get stitches story it works out well. Uh, Just because of the time of year we're in, it's memorial. So this happened to me, I'd say about four years ago, uh, Memorial Day. Uh, We were having a cookout. And so nowadays, you know, I'm me. I'm the single friend. I'm the guy, no wife, no kids, blah, blah, blah. So whenever we go to these cookouts, you know, all my high school friends and uh, stuff like that, we get together. We do these cookouts. And basically, it's like a little, little kid fest. There's just kids running around everywhere. I don't, I don't understand how they do it. I don't understand how people have kids. Like, I do not have the patience. Like, I will fuck a kid up. If I had children, I would just. Beat, I don't know. My dad used to. When I was younger, my dad, you know, it wasn't like what he would do when I was a bad kid. I was a bad kid often. Uh, he'd make me instead of you know a lot of people you know go get the switches you know go out and get a switch and they beat you in your hand. My father had a metal shoehorn hanging uh, in the utility room, and so whenever I got in trouble, he'd be like, "Get the shoehorn!" I'd be like, "Fuck!" I uh, get the shoehorn. I have to lift my pant legs up and. Just, Wrap me on the calf just repeatedly you know just, just wrapping me on the calf and that's how he did it and, you know I, I had no problem with it as i gotten older you know i i uh, nowadays you can't even do nothing like that to children you're gonna get in trouble uh which i don't understand so i i could not have children uh because i just don't have the patience like you know I, i'd be like bernie Mac and you know till the white meat shows you know what i'm saying i will fucking kid up um anyways so so we're at this um barbecue all my friends are there all so it's like 10 15 kids running around uh having a nice little barbecue usually at these events um i tend to take care of the children for my friends because you know i look at them and they're like they look like zombies you know trying to you know take care of these children all the time i'm going to give them a little bit of a break uh right when we go to events like this so they can like actually like have adult conversations and like have a drink uh, without ha- having to worry about if their children is going to die or something like that. So I usually take care of these kids. So we were at this, um, we were at a, uh, at a barbecue, you know, 10, 15 kids running around. They got this little play pen in the back with like a slide and like, you know, all that little stuff. And so uh, me and my buddy were out there we were having a drink or watching the kids uh, mess around. Uh, and uh, you know, so one of the, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the girls, my buddy's uh, daughter, uh, he sees her, uh, she runs up the slide. Right. And so my buddy, he's a dad, typical dad wants to keep her daughter safe. Doesn't want her doing that uh, anymore because he's afraid to get hurt. So, you know, he, he, he takes the girl away, you know, brings her, tells her to come by and he tells her, you know, with me sitting next to her, like, you know, don't, don't walk up the stairs. You're going to get hurt. Don't do that. Uh, that's something you shouldn't do. Okay. And so he goes away and he goes, you know, starts with his wife and all the guys, uh, you know, they're inside, having drinks, eating, and I'm outside, and I'm alone taking care of all these 10, 15 kids, and I don't mind that, Uh, you know, for these events, I just feel like I should give my friends a break every now and then, so, you know, I'm watching these kids, and this little kid, little boy, like, he runs, you know, I see him, and he runs up the slide, right, he runs up the slide, so the girl, my friend's girl, who, uh, you know, he told her not to run up the slide, she comes running up to me, right, she comes running up to me, and she points uh at the, at that kid he's like that kid ran up the slide he's not supposed to do that so I grabbed her by the shoulders looked her straight in the face and I was like snitches get stitches right and she was like what the she, she was like you know googly eyes She's like what is this guy doing uh so <laughs> later on I get a phone call we all go home it's night's over we all go home about you know hour after I get home I get a phone call from my buddy's wife whose daughter that was and she's and she's she she calls me, she's like, What did you tell my daughter? I'm like, I don't remember uh, what happened. So I guess what happened was um the daughter and her brother were in the were in one room, somebody spilt the soda, right? And the mom came in and was like, Who spilt the soda? And the daughter ran up to her mom, looked her straight in the eye, and said, Snitches get stitches. And so basically that that's what happened. And that, that, that wife hates me. All wives of my friends and all girlfriends of my friends hate me uh, because I am the single guy who gets people in trouble. But yeah, so that didn't work out very well. She was really pissed off. She's like, don't talk to my children. Don't tell my children snitches, get stitches uh, anymore. My buddy thought it was hilarious. He was like, I'm glad you, you, you put some sense into her, uh, but he's not going to say that in front of his wife. Right. So just remember that snitches get stitches. Don't rat people out. That's a classic story time with Ken. What, what,
1: did, what did they expect? I figured, this is the second time I've heard, maybe third now. It's great. But what, what did they expect? Like, you're like, oh, I'm here to help them out. I'm the, mm-hmm. the helpful friend outside mm-hmm. rocking a crown royal and a cigarette. And they're like, yeah. that's the guy we'll leave our kids with. And then they wonder when they get home why they're saying stitches get stitches over something. so good. Uh, I would say that parents of like toddlers like that will take a break no matter what. I, I had like, you, you know what I'm saying. Like he had daughter, kids, right? And, and like I would be like, probably like, not think like to leave Should we leave
0: him <laughs> with Kenny? They're like, I'm so tired. Yes, we're gonna leave him with Kenny. We'll take the risk. But yeah, so so just remember that. And so every time I see that girl now, uh, I think she's like, I think she's like 10 now, uh, uh 10 or 11. Every time I see her, she looks at me, she goes, snitches get stitches, and just says that. I wonder how much she says it at school and at work. I mean, it's a good credo to have. <laughs> you know, it's probably taught that. her a lot long term yeah. yeah. she's gonna be yeah. better off because all of right that. all right so uh before we all right let's move on listener league winner there we go i do not have it up i cannot see very well still so Tampa, why don't you pull it up and yeah, go it over it yep mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, before we get into this, I want to remind everyone for this week, go and sign up for the Lister League. The link will be in the YouTube video down below in the details on my Twitter at Totag and Tambo. It's been retweeted at FG Degenerates on that Twitter. So it's, it's out there everywhere. I think there's already about four or five hundred into the twelve fifty. They did make it bigger for this week. So it's oh, one thousand nice. two hundred and fifty as opposed to the normal seven fifty. They kept it very balanced. Seven hundred fifty bucks up top which is awesome. $75 to tenth, So 10% of the first place prize, very balanced, almost 17% get paid extremely reduced rake, So it's a definite good setup. It's a $5 three max entry. Get yourself into the tournament of champions. We're at the end of the year, we do a huge tournament of all the Lister League winners and you lots of prizes, money, tickets, things like that. It'll be better this year than ever, of course, with all the sponsorships and things that we have. So get yourself in there for that. And I was told today by my rep that if we can fill up the 1250 this week, we'll get it to 1500 for the next major. So that might be where it caps. We'll see. It's all about you guys in the demand, but if you're not in it, pause this, stop what you're doing, go there quickly, get your three entries in it. Let's fill it up as quickly as possible. Kenny, I'll read it out to you. The, the winner this week, the famous FS had his three entries in there. You or she, uh, here's the lineup. 721 points. A very nice lineup here. So wow. JT, Spieth, Power, the winner KH Lee, Brandon Wu and Steven Yeager. So uh, I love the uh the two plays down at the bottom. Like obviously defending champion Speed JT, I get all that, but uh solid build overall, completely skipped the 9k and the 8k range and and used one guy at 6900 Yeager in the in the 6 in the 6k range. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, I mean, like, I know Jaeger, weren't you on, were you were Ryan on him last yeah, week? Yeah, I, I love Jaeger bombs. Uh, I said, we got to get back on this guy at uh, Birdie Fest. Anyone who I can throw up a 59 or whatever, like, that's the guy. The funny thing is, I think
0: I've rostered every single person in that lineup, of course, and, you know, I didn't have anything close to that. I rostered all six of those guys uh, this past week. Didn't have nothing, so I got to like it as I rostered them all, right? Pretty good lineup. Uh, good way to finish. I mean, 720 points is a lot. It's a solid work. We'll make sure I didn't. Get you, I didn't get the three man done last week. I'll make sure I get it done this week from now on. Uh, so we'll be good to go. We'll get you on that three man there. Uh, yeah, for sure, that'll F- be good. Yep. And, and shout
1: out to them, they're already into the tournament of champions. I, I yep. added them up today and they they accepted, so we're good to go. All
0: right, that sounds good. So let's get to this week. We, we it is it is major week, so let's talk about uh the course a little bit. The second major of the year is upon us. Uh, as the best golfers in the world, they had the Tulsa, Oklahoma, a little bitter because I was actually supposed to go. Uh, and so, you know, the whole stroke thing sort of put a damper on that. So that sucks. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, PJ championship from Southern Hills. Uh, Southern Hills last hosted a uh, tour event in 2007 when Tiger won the PJ championship here. Uh, the course has changed, you know, tremendously, uh, since then. So looking at that back then probably has nothing to do with what we're going to see this week. I mean, especially since Gil Hans had that major redesign in 2018, uh, you know, be you know, you know, so basically what he did was, um, uh, uh, we'll go over the redesign here in a little bit, but I mean, 2018 Gil redesigned it. So, taking any type of you know look at the 2007's probably uses, you can look at 2021 where they did have the senior PGA championship. Uh, from there, one thing you did notice uh, was that only eight golfers uh finished uh, under par, uh and the course was like barely 7,000 yards, it was about you know four to 500 yards less than what we're seeing uh, this week. Uh, and it was still playing that difficult. Um, now, the main comp course that I've heard for this for, for Southern Hills is going to be Augusta. Uh, you know, the traditional uh, rolling fairways, bent grass greens, uh, you know, fast, firm type conditions. That is what I've been hearing uh, for concourses, you know, wide fairways, bent grass, undulated, elevated greens, firm, fast. Uh, now, while I do think looking at past master's results could help, the big question this week is going to be the weather uh, as of now there's possible 40 to 50 mile per hour gusts uh, in the forecast. We're recording this, what, it's just 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on a Friday, on a Monday. So it could change. But, like, the first three days, I'm seeing some crazy, crazy winds. Uh, it's going to make this course play exceptionally difficult. throwing firm greens, and it's possible we see very few golfers under par for the week. Again, this is all wind-dependent. Uh, if the wind stays away, I think you could see low double digits uh, under par win this event, but I don't think the win's staying away. Uh, So this could be a bit of carnage uh, this week when it comes to uh, now, you know, one trend that caught my eye uh, and this was, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, This was by Steve Bamford is, uh, you know, the fact that every, uh, that other than the COVID year, every major winner since 2015 has played one of the two weeks prior to their major events to their major win. Uh, Now I don't think this is an end all be all, Type trend, But some of the names uh, that have not played the last two weeks include Tiger, Cantlay, uh, Camp Smith, Kawa, Hovland, Berger, and Lowry. Uh, now, Southern Hills, 73, 7,350-yard to 7,500-yard par 70 with two par fives. The par fives extremely long with both playing over 620 yards. These will most likely be three-shot holes for every golfer uh again wind dependent uh the par threes along as well with three over 220 yards now because of the length of these five holes it sort of makes the total length of the course just a little bit deceiving normally when you see like a 7400 yard par 74 par 70 uh you know you expect a lot of long iron play uh you know say from 175 and up like like 30%, 40%, or more, uh, you know, going up in that range, maybe even 50%. Uh, but I don't think that's gonna be close to the case this week. If you go on Twitter and follow at Model Maniac, uh, he actually put up a uh, a little uh, simulation where he uh did where he did he did a simulation where he thought most approach shots should come from distance-wise at Southern Hills. He he bought into different factors along. And if you go uh, on his Twitter page, he has that little graphic for you. Um, And and according to him, he doesn't think any specific approach yardage range will have more than about 50% of approaches hit from that range during the week. So it's all spaced out. You know, usually... Uh, Most weeks you can usually pinpoint a specific range uh, where most approaches will come from, but at Southern Hills, it seems like golfers are going to need, you know, good to be good from all proximity ranges. I know Andy Lack on his podcast said he thinks 150 and less is going to be extremely important. Uh, You know, that's not something that you really expect uh, on a course that says it's going to be 7,400 plus yards par 70. So this is going to take into account Every club in your bag, this course. And that's why I like this course. It's going to be a fun week. Um, now, off the tee, golfers will see wide rolling fairways with bunkers guarding the landing zones. The fairways average around 40 yards wide, which is almost double what it was back in 2007. Um, if golfers miss the fairway, they're going to have to deal with a two and a half inch rough with some long fescue possible if golfers miss wildly. Uh, now, the tree line is one of the major changes that occurred when Gil Hance redesigned the course. Uh, he eliminated a bunch of trees. So golfers now have some more room to miss off the tee before they have to start hitting out of tree lines. Um, this is a huge difference from 2007. What we saw a lot of back then was less than driver off the tee. Now with the, you know, with the wider fairways and less tree trouble golfers could be tempted to break out a drive, break out driver, a lot more. Now, this is not definite, though, as some golfers might decide to keep driver in the bag. And the next, in this next section, will tell you why they might do that. Uh, like, even though the fairways are wide, it's still going to be very important to hit the fairways because of how firm the greens are going to be. Not much rain has fallen here. The greens are going to be firm. And uh, now, even though the rough is light-ish, it's not crazy. Two and a half inches is not insane, uh, but. You know, it is Bermuda grass in the rough, which is very difficult to judge the distance from. And also it's very, a lot of flyer type lies uh, with the Bermuda grass. Also, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to hold uh, the greens when they're this firm, if you're anywhere on the rough uh, this week. Uh, The greens themselves are bent grass and small about 5,000 square feet on average, a lot of false fronts and runoff areas, which makes, uh, you know, the greens even smaller. So, you know, hitting the fairways will be important uh, this week, especially, you know, if golfers want to have a decent green and regulation percentage, Uh, the bullshit greens are going to be very firm. This area hasn't seen much rain lately. The highly undulating and elevated greens will also be super quick with a stimp of 13 or more. If golfers miss the greens, they're going to have to deal with bunkers and possible long up and downs. There are some golfers who've been on the course saying, depending on how far down the false front a ball goes, uh, if they miss it, they can have like a 40 yard chip you know, with how fast these these fairways and these greens are. And if they roll down that false front, they'll just keep going and they won't stop. And you're going to have, you know, a 40-yard chip to, to, on your on your third shot or, you know, you got to get up and down from there to make par. You don't have those shots that often uh, on tour. Most of these pros don't hit that shot that very often. Um, now, I expect the green regulation, once again, to be very low uh, if the wind forecast is correct. So I expect a lot of short game prowess – is going to be needed to contend. Um, you know, hitting fairways will will basically be the only way to hold these greens on approaches this week, unless we get some type of freak storm that softens the course. So overall, the type of golfer I'd look for this week is one that isn't too short off the tee, fairly accurate with the driver has to have strong iron play and a strong short game pretty easy stuff right and it's easy to find every week <laughs> all right so so that's what i'm looking for we'll see how that goes when we go uh into our um uh, our tiers and stuff like that and who we pick but tam but what are you looking for this week in golfers
1: yeah you summed it up more than i could so don't think we need to talk too much more on it. i think what you said is just what we're gonna you have to wait and see on the weather that's the key factor right now Uh, I'm just looking at it, pulling it up as we speak. And like, as of now, it actually looks almost like there's an AM PM advantage because of how crazy that wind is on Friday morning and Thursday morning. Isn't that bad? Friday afternoon is where it just gets better than how bad the, the morning is. So we'll see how that plays out. Obviously you want to stay tuned to what Kenny and I are doing throughout the week. Myself. I'll be on Mayo media network on Wednesday, doing the live show chat 12 Eastern with Mayo. And then Wednesday night, the premium show over at run pure sports, where I might be on with big T uncle T do a late night show, everything going through exposures, breakdowns, we'll finalize all of that stuff. But, I think for right now, Kenny, like you said, it's just we're back to another major. You know, I'm always looking at sort of that long term stuff. The you know the recent form matters. will be every t- everything we talked about earlier with the trends and whatnot. But it, you know, there is still opportunity for spots where guys could potentially be overowned based on something last week or the last little bit where it's like, oh, the narratives sometimes can get out of control. So willing to move off some of those as we go throughout as well. It does sound and even just watching it today. The around the green game, we'll talk about it more when we segue into these first tiers after we we do the ad read for the week. But I think just in general, like I saw Tiger today, a video of him out there, fried egg, posted out. He's just planting the ball 30 yards away from the green uh, on the runoff and just chipping it up onto the surface to see where he can land. He was putting everything like one foot, you know, not to say go play Tiger, but to say they're practicing that stuff for a reason. It's going to be very prevalent. The greens are not extremely large. They're already sort of a little bit underneath what the average would be. And then on top of that, uh, they're meant to be for that roll-off to happen. So that's where you can expect. And that's going to be, you know, something we talk about when we get to Victor Hovland, Morikawa types where complete game top ball strikers, except what's their around the green game like, because it sounds like it's unavoidable here. So interested to hear your thoughts when we get into player by player, before we get into the tiers and go through the segue to that, let's do the, the, uh, what do you say? Pay some bills as I like, as you like to say it. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. It's not often you get 30 to 1 odds on any basketball team to win their next playoff game, so that's some great value. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Head to the app now and check out our picks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD, bet just $5 on any pro basketball team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook.
0: All right, so before we get to these tiers, let, let's do something for for uh, for some comments. So, Tam, why don't you go ahead?
1: Yeah. We want to get a little bit more engagement as far as the YouTube is concerned. We of course want you guys to subscribe to the Mail media network. We want you to like these videos, but we want to get the comments rolling too. So I'm curious. I know when we go through these tiers, Kenny, especially at a major like this, the eight K range is just a, a range that naturally goes overlooked. We're going to love our guys up top. We're going to definitely know that all the chalk is congregating in the nine K range. So give us your favorite play in the eight K range this week in the comments. Well, like I said, we're working on a contest to have it out there, but we're going to take all of this into consideration. So, Put your favorite 8K player into the comments for this week. Like the video and subscribe to the Mail Media Network while you're there.
0: Sounds good. Let's get to these tiers. Let's start off in a 10K range. We have Rory all the way to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, what are you going to do in this range? How many golf are you using? What do you think?
1: It looks like three. Uh, I'm not, again, fully certain on this right now. But uh, up top, I'm just making a decision to go ROM over Scheffler. Uh, it feels like there's no, like, look. Rom will pick up some steam as the week goes on, but it just feels like for 200 bucks more, everyone has the money to get to Scheffler. Scheffler has been the better golfer. I just, look, I'm going from complete game, long-term, some of these tougher courses on, that's just what I do. And if I can get any type of discount there, I'm willing to keep chasing it. So I'll go to a guy like John Rom. Uh, JT is going to be extremely popular. So if I'm going to play the guy that I think is going to be popular here, I'm actually happier to save the 700 bucks and go down to Rory. And then the guy that I've come around on a little bit, you know, just even from doing the Saturday show with Mayo and Raza, that's out on the media network as well. If you guys want to go check it out, another free show where we did sort of our first look, but Morikawa, it's just a a risk versus reward, Kenny. I, again, I like the other guys better than I'm in this range. And, you know, maybe by Wednesday I say, forget it. I'm just going to get shares of Scheffler, Rom and Rory and just use three guys. But right now, Rory, Rom and a little bit of Morikawa, I think is where I'll go just because JT is going to be extremely popular. I don't want to fade anyone just because of ownership. So what I would say is I think Morikawa can play the same type of game. We've seen him do it in the past. We've seen, seen him show up and win a PGA championship very early on. We have seen it when he was 8,600, by the way, on DraftKings, if you remember back to that was extremely high owned and he should have been at 8,600 and then went on and shipped it. But we've also seen him show up at places that he's never seen before, like the open and go out and win that as well. So I think Morikawa could be interesting here. I think he'll go a little bit overlooked. In large field stuff, especially, Uh, and then going back to it, Kenny, you and I have talked about in the past just two things that fits both of the narratives you and I have always talked about one should we just be playing Rom and Morikawa at every major, we said that before and we've had that thrown in our faces before so I think it is a possibility here Two, I love the Rory Kawa lineups where you play Rory and Morikawa together and then jump over that extremely popular 9K range, and you're only using 20400 of your salary up top the two cheaper guys while fading the most popular likely in Justin Thomas and the two most expensive up above. So I don't feel locked in yet to this range, but I definitely feel pretty good about it this week for a major. Yeah, the only guy I'm 100% sure of
0: playing right now as of Monday is Scheffler. Um, I will play Scheffler over overall. There's no doubt in my mind. The guy's just been playing too good of golf. For so long he's the best around the green um in the last 50 rounds of anyone in this 10k range uh you know his short game is solid uh is putting well above average really really good on long par threes uh which is going to be you know it's, it could make or break people's weeks uh this week with those three um really really long uh par threes that are over 200 yards that will probably be playing a lot in cross wins you know scott is from texas uh, you know, he's got that big 12 thing. He's pl- He said, actually, this is his favorite course in the world. We've heard that before, that has not gone well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, I will tell you that. But I don't see any reason to not play Scott. I don't even think he's going to be like the third highest owned guy uh, in this range. I think JT is going to be up there. I think Roy's going to be up there. Sheffield might be number three or maybe four if Ron picks up steam. Uh, so I-, I-, I have no issues. Of playing scotty i'm going to play him this is going to be what i'm going to do he's he's probably going to be my highest owned. there's no doubt Uh, i'm interested in rory i'm I'm not sure about where i'm going to go uh for the rest i mean if morikawa is going to be the lowest owned it's really hard for me not to to roster someone who's finished whose worst finish in his last four majors is eighth
1: that's how I feel about it. Mean, it's
0: hard not to go with more count, right? Yeah. And I
1: said, I said this, I think last major, what maybe the one before, like he's just done well at a lot of them, but the point is more of like, it's like an expensive, not anything to do with the player talking about theory wise. When we, when we play a Keegan Bradley or a Luke list or Corey Connors before he got much better, where we know what Max Homa, even where we knew what the risk was, there's a likelihood they missed the cut in their case, or when they do make a cut, they typically have a top 10 or a top five and they give us real upside. This is a little bit different. It's not that Morikawa necessarily has to miss the cut to screw this up. He might just not finish as strong as the other guys around him. That would almost be the worst case or the mistake for a guy like Morikawa. But the upside is there of him winning another, a third major in a very short period of time for this guy. And it's, I think it's worth the risk when you look at the potential for up in this range. This is what you battle in your mind when you make lineups,
0: because, okay, when it comes to game theory, you got to think Hovland and Morikawa are going to be two of the lower owned guys in these top six guys. Right. And that that game theory wise, that makes them very attractive. Now, the reason why they're going to be two of the lowest owned is because they have the two worst short games Mm -hmm. uh, in in this in this section and two of the worst short games in the field. uh, If we want to be honest, uh, at least in the last 50 rounds uh and we have we are all thinking we don't know we don't know but we are thinking almost everyone that you know around the green game chipping is going to be a very 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 huge part of this week so this is where you have to make decisions on your own do you go game three or do you go numbers game three your numbers uh that's something that you have to choose on your own i know there is a Huge contingent. There's a contingent that'd be like, okay, game theory, that's the way to do it. If you want to win big bucks, if you want to win GPPs, game theory is the way to go. If you want to min cash, and maybe uh, you know, uh the uh, the numbers is the way to go. And that's the way the way some people think. It's it's something that you're gonna have to take on on yourself when you build. I personally don't know what I'm doing yet when it comes to these two, because I mean if they're gonna be eight percent, six percent, I mean Jesus. I mean, like I said, more college finish top eight. In his last four majors play. I, so I it, it, it's 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 hard for me. I, I the only thing I know I'm doing in this 10k range is playing Scotty. That's the one thing I, I have to wait and see for the ownership uh for these guys. If it's a huge ownership difference, if if Kyle's like if Hovlin's like four percent, I, I have to play. I mean, right? I, I that's what I would think. So I don't know. I, I right now Scotty's my number one. JT and Roy seem like the obvious other plays, they seem like two and three is what it should be. Uh, But again, that's not how you, you know, it depends on how you want to go about making your lineups game theory wise, or you're going to go based on numbers and based on what you think is going to happen when it comes to the core. So it's a tough decision to make. Uh, But I mean, we'll have to see, I have to wait until Wednesday. I'll see the ownership and I'll make the rest of my decisions, but I'm going to play Scheffler. He's the main guy up here. Let's go to this nine K range. Now, in the nine carryings, I'm going to play three of my cash game cornerstones uh, in this nine carrys. The one thing we, you do have to remember about uh, this event it is top seventy in ties, okay, uh, and not top sixty five. Plus, you got about thirty five to forty golfers that you could just eliminate. You know, like PGA Tour pro, uh, uh, club pros, uh, guys that play on foreign tours a bunch, um, um uh, old heads, you know, like former winners and stuff like that. You could probably eliminate down to like one twenty. So that only means about fifty golfers are going to fifty rosterable golfers at most uh, will be cut. So unless the carnage is crazy, uh, you know, you would expect you know higher sixty six. It's not like it's going to happen. We don't know with the wind and the weather. It, it could be wave draws. Just you know, just thinking about it. Before the event happens, you would think because of that, sixty-six percent is going to go far higher up. So I think placement points are a little bit more important. So when it comes to cash, uh, I'm going to go roster three guys in this nine k range. I'm going a little bit aggressive. I'm going as of now, I got three nine k guys, an eight k guy, a low seven k guy, and a low six k guy. Uh, the, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Jordan Spieth. Uh The ball striking is too good. He's coming in hot. Uh, you know, he's he, he going for the Grand Slam um, again. The, the fairways a little bit wider could help, uh, but the thing is, he's even been good off the tee here recently. Uh, his downfall has been the putter, and of course, we all know he puts pretty damn well on bent. Um, so you know, maybe I can come back a little bit. I know the last couple of events he's played have been on bent, and he hasn't been putting that well. But the ball striking's been so good that even if he putts, if he puts average, he can win this by a few strokes, uh, if he keeps on with the ball striking. So I'm going to go Jordan Spieth, first cash game cornerstone. Second cash game cornerstone is going to be Hideki. Um, Again, uh, short game, exceptionally solid doesn't make too many mistake, mistakes, top 20 in bogey avoidance and double bogey avoidance in the last 50 rounds uh, in this field coming off a really exceptional Sunday. Looks like he's over his injury. A hundred percent. He's healthy. Uh, the ball striking should help the short game should help. So I like um, Hideki also, both those guys, former masters winners. Um, all, you know, you have that sort of people are saying that the correlated course is Augusta. Uh, I, the way I see it too I believe them. Uh, So, you know, we got a couple of former Masters winners. And then we got Patrick Cantlin. Uh, Five wins in his last, what, in the last 18 months or something like that. So so you know the guy can win. Uh, You know, some of them, I know the Memorial is sort of bullshit, but I mean, some of them have been decent events. Um, Again, really strong uh, around the green. One of the best short games there is uh, on uh, in this field. Rarely makes the Big mistake. You usually you'll see him get a couple of bogeys but you don't see like doubles, triples uh from Patrick that often. Uh so I like that and a course it's going to play tough. Uh so I like Patrick Cantley. That's gonna be my third cash game cornerstone. If I'm going to play um so uh, I, I'm gonna play one other person probably in gvps in this range, it's either gonna be Cam or Xander. table why don't you sell me on one of them? Which one are Kim you playing? Smith or Xander? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Cam Cam Smith for me, like, uh, here's what I'm looking at in this range. I want to go back for two seconds, not to not not sell you on something. I just, for Xander, I think the popularity from the comeback is just going to be too much. Like, look, if he doesn't make that comeback, he's dead to everybody. And now he's going to be 20% owned. Like, that's, it it is what it is. He did make the comeback. So you have to give him credit for that. I'm not taking away. I'm just saying you got to think like that as well. So that's how I'm going to go about it. Uh, the only reason I kind of like Cam a little bit, he's not my favorite in this range. He's probably fourth. I'll go through it, maybe even fifth. But uh, I think he's like, again, if you find those magic beans that Spieth has sometimes, that's what he can do. This would be a guy that you could go with there. Usually really good around the greens. Uh, you talk about the Augusta comparisons, things things like that. And to me, look, if we were talking a month ago, he would have been more popular. But if you can't, like someone has to get cut out. It was uh, Keegan Bradley a week or two ago. and Oh, he's going to be 20% owned. He can't be. There's already three guys everyone's talking about. He's the fourth man. Well, here we've got speed. We've got Xander. We've got Decky and we've got Cantley. Like you can't put Smith in the same mix. Someone has to lose the ownership somewhere. And if he's coming in at like 10 to 12%, I'm not saying it's a for sure. I'm just saying from my understanding right now of where I think people are going, you'd think he's going to be lower. I want to go back though. Uh, Didn't have much love for Hovland on Saturday when I did the show with Mayo and Raza, but I want to bring up a point because it tied in with Morikawa and him here's morikawa first at the u.s open and the memorial last year uh, he came in second and fourth when he did gain on approach or sorry around the greens when he lost almost a stroke at the pga he still came eighth when he lost at the cj cup different courses all day just give an example second place lost almost two strokes at the century still got fifth is this morikawa morikawa okay. first when he gained two at the Genesis, second. And then who knows what he did at the Masters, but it's tough to come fifth without a good around the green game. So just give an example at the tougher courses he found is around the green game. And then you think back to that open. Again, totally different setup, totally different course. My point was, remember, the week coming in, oh, he doesn't have it. He can't figure it out. He said he's really trying to find it. Morikow, what's he do? He goes and finds it and wins. You go back to Hovland. This is interesting. Lost almost three strokes around the green at the players, ninth. Lo- only gained just under a stroke. So barely anything at the Arnold Palmer second lost almost a stroke and a half of the Genesis fourth. Who mm. knows that the Mayakoba it's nothing there. And the tour championship gained under a stroke fifth. So he's been able to do it. Like that's the other thing is if these guys just find it, you even can go back with, with Hovland, Kenny mm. WGC, Mexico, Genesis and farmers. He lost around the green. All three of those tournaments up to two strokes came second, fifth, and second, here's the thing about those guys. They could just ball strike the shit out of it and it don't matter. And that's where it's funny. Like you talk about how Speeth won the tournament at the RBC Heritage without a putter. These guys might might find it without this. And again, I know how important it is. I watched all the tapes already. Everything anyone's talked about, any show that's out already, I've watched it. I'm saying you still have to think like that to be willing to take a chance on some of those guys. So in this 9K range, I like Hovland. I like Cantley. I'm with you on Cantley. He'll get a little bit of steam at 9,100, of course. Uh, maybe even more in the high stakes. So if I was going to make one note here, uh, Cantley might be a guy to avoid in high stakes because the higher the ownership goes, I think the worse of a play he gets and you can either just pivot off of him or you can avoid the range altogether. He's obviously a great all-around golfer. So that's why he's going to get the ownership. And then Matsuyama is just too good all around. He was, he still showed us the form. I prefer to go to him Then then Xander, that's just me, because I think Xander, we're chasing a little bit more. Then Decky, we're recognizing that he is healthy again. We know what his game is like. Go those stats. He doesn't have very many events where he loses. He did actually lose around the greens. The
0: funny thing about Xander, though, is it's not like he's been playing horribly. I mean, if you look at it, like the two events with the strong fields, yes, he missed the cut, the Masters and the players. But outside of that, in his last, what, five events? What, 5th, 12th, 13th, 3rd?
1: Camp. Not bad. bad. i think not bad, bad. Not bad, like, bad
0: right miss, I mean, miss cut
1: at the masters miss cut at the players, at the players. Phoenix and then also, open don't may as well play brooks if you're saying that case for xander he came third there too uh and then 34th at farmers 12th at set like they're good i'm saying and i get it and look the funny part is too kenny back to tie out this round out this 9k range i went to our preview from the start of the season mm-hmm. i picked xander to win the pga championship yeah you picked hovland. i picked hovland I keep thinking
0: thinking Hovland's in the 10K range and he's not. Uh, So I actually might play Hovland over Cam because I keep thinking Hovland's like 10K right on the dot. And he's not Uh, just because, you know, of course, everyone should know that this is like, you know, he went to Oklahoma state, uh, you know, he should be used to the weather. He should be used to the wind. He's probably played this course a bunch of times before when he was in college, Uh, same with Scotty Sheffield, both those big 12 guys. Uh, out there, so they have experience. So I got no. Uh, so I think I might move my my favorite G, my GP play from Cam to 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 Hovland uh, in here and play Hovland. Is maybe skip Cam? Well, I, I think that might be the way I go uh this week. it's looks in. good
1: if you can just yeah. remove the around the green game shit. We do it. But for I mean, else. that argument you made is is very very strong. We, we do Talking it for everybody else how, with different categories <clears> of their game. Yeah, but I know it's how he's here. losing strokes,
0: bunches of strokes around the green, still finishing top five, still yeah. finishing top ten. I mean, you know, it says something about how good the rest of his game is, and you know, like you know, you could be right. He could be used to the weather. He could know how to play uh, around the wind and hit maybe hit some more greens than other people. Both of them, more Cow and Hoffman. I'm beginning to enjoy those two guys a little bit more after talking to you. Uh, That's another reason why I love the show because I get to listen to Tambo uh, all day, and it just makes me a better player. All right, so let's go to this 8K range. I'm going to go with my favorite play. Uh, in this range, it's going to be Joaquin Neiman at 8,500. The one thing that, you know, his around the green game has improved exponentially. Uh, I think three years ago, he was outside the top 100. I think this year he's inside the top 25 in strokes game around the green. The one thing that really put me on, and I know this is just one shot, but that one chip that went viral that he had, Last week at the Byron Nelson, when it was an elevated green, the pin was maybe only about four four steps from the back edge, um, and he went, He flew the green elevated on a really tight lie, and he hits this like scoop shot where the ball lands right on the front of the green, and he has so much contact it just spins, and the ball stops right next to the hole.
1: Yeah,
0: that shot's impossible. Very like nice. like like if you miss the only way you can hit a shot like that is if you are supremely confident in your short game like crazy confident like Jordan Spieth in his prime Patrick Green in his prime Seve Ballesteros in his prime tight confident around the green is the only time you would even think about hitting that shot like if you're a groove. Low or a groove high, you're going to fat it, it's going to roll down the hill, or you're going to thin it and it's going to go all the way through the bunker on the other side of the green. Uh, because he had to swing hard to get that spin, uh, it was one of the sickest ships I've seen. I, that I can remember, um, just because of how difficult th- to do what he did is. Uh, and to me, that one shot just proves how confident. He is around the green. Now, that's not the only reason I like him because, you know, low ball flight, piercing wind. You can pierce through the wind, low ball flight. The ball's going to roll for days, uh, you know, with with his low ball fight and the top spin he has on it and those firm greens. Um, You know, his iron game is probably the worst part of his game, but he's gained strokes in five of his last seven with his approach. Uh, I I think, you know, you see a lot of first-time major winners. You know, uh, at this event, I can see Neiman winning this event. I bet him at 45 to one uh, this week and I like him. Uh, I will use him in cash uh, this week. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, so I do love Joaquin Neiman, Lowry and Berger. They look like they're going to be the chalk, um, you know, Lowry, both of them. Of course, if you go based on, on that thing where, you know, no winner has played, uh, you know, uh, as every winner has played at least one of the two events pro- The week, two weeks before, maybe, you know, they're not in that group, but at that price, they don't really need to win. Um, I didn't bet on either of them, uh, but I, you know, they, they, they make sense from a, um, from a DFS standpoint, unless they get crazy ownership numbers. And then maybe you can shift over to a Neiman, um, to a Tiger. Uh, you know, maybe I, I you know, so so those guys are gonna really be popular. I'm not sure if I'm gonna go that route. Um, I like Hatton. So, you know, I and Hatton, the two foreign guys are probably gonna be my two favorite plays uh in the 8k range. Hatton just has, I feel like the game for this as long as he just stays out of his head, uh, you know, well above average with his irons. Uh, you know, uh Tita Green, he's solid, really, really good um short game, really good putter. Uh, you know, again another guy who you think has the talent to possibly win a major. Uh, and the PGA is, you know, a great stepping stone for all these for a first time type of winner. Uh, so I like those two guys a lot. One question though, I do have, what do you do with Bryce? Uh, What was the, what was the uh, wing foot, right? He won a wing foot. That was another Gil Hans design, right? Uh, he's actually the best putter on lightning, fast bent grass greens in the field.
1: Um, do you trust him at all? I know. Uh, he's, I don't, he's I giving don't know updates he's about. Play. He, he said today he's going to give it a test and so see. He did, so, so, so we don't,
0: I, I haven't, I haven't really heard if he, I, if he's going to play or not, but I mean, if he does, is it just
1: not worth it at all? Even if he's 2% owned? Uh, no, I think if he plays, it's, you know, you can try something out, but I, I just don't think he will. I, like it's up to that. It's your, your decision kind of there to me is like him or Tiger because Tiger's right there for a hundred bucks less. And like I said, I think Tiger looks healthier, looks stronger, looks better. Uh, everyone who talks about it says that this should be a much easier walk than yeah. Augusta. You know, he's way different. Last time he was plus 120 or even minus 105 by closing number to make the cut. This time he's like minus 150 to make the cut. So I, I well, I see others are, are on the other side of that. I'm just saying, I think there's more interest here. Uh, just seeing him around the course, hitting that stinger, knows the course very well, obviously a, a champion here, I believe multiple times. So just, you know, in general, this course very familiar to him. So I think, you know, he, that would be the decision. I know it sounds crazy, but I would almost probably trust Tiger more than Bryson. Bryson just, you know, what every, you know, he just hasn't been playing. You, you need every aspect of your game. And the thing about Bryce four full days with a lot of extra that's needed, the around the green game, the putter, the irons, the wedges, all the stuff that he's going to have to have feels like a lot to, to figure it out versus tiger, these higher scores, which we're definitely going to see here. I don't know if it's going to get to double digits, but if it's eight under or something like that, I mean, that should lean even further into his pocket or in his, his hand. So I'm not high on either of them. I just, uh, to answer your question, but one guy I am sort of high, go back on up to the top, is Will Zalatoris, And it's funny because last week I thought he was a terrible play. Like uh, by the time it got to Wednesday and his ownership where it was like 25 to 30% in places, it was just like, didn't make any sense. It's a birdie fest where he's, he's going to have to keep up with everyone. He's already a bad putter. There was legitimate winners like Neiman right, right around him. Even Burns, I thought at the ownership, they both ended up missing the cut, but at Mm. same ownership, at least Burns is a winner on tour. And then of course you had Decky and Xander for just a couple hundred bucks more. And that's the guys that ended up being up at the top. So uh, I think this course sets up much better for him. This goes back to your conversation and our, you know, anyone who's new doesn't know this, but you and I have talked about the last few times now where uh, his numbers without the wins are very similar to those guys up in 10 and 11 K range, or the guys we discussed in, in depth in Hovland in morikawa and of course the guy at the very top and the best in the world right now in scotty scheffler so at 8900 you don't gotta win this thing you don't gotta of, come of, third of, all, of, the-
0: of all the golfers that missed the cut that really hurt people last week Zalatoris, burns and gooch uh those are probably like the big three right yeah. Zalatoris actually still ball strike pretty damn well
1: yeah uh, was all gooch, Same as all was, he
0: just he was just horrible putting like he normally is ball striking was still there now the other two guys ball striking was not very good Hey, Uh, and think about, uh, think
1: about Zalatoris, right quick on that fast, faster bent grass greens at the masters where, you know, that's what he's putting on here again. Again, I I did hear last night that these greens won't be as fast as some might think, Mm -hmm. right? Because otherwise what will happen is over the weekend with the
0: wind. Yes. And things like that, it's going to get even tougher to
1: hold greens. Then it screws everything up. So they're not going to go crazy, but they'll be faster for sure. I'm just saying, and they still take creativity, which not the same undulation exactly, or not the same. As the Masters, but the point would be is if his ball striking's on and the putting is sort of neutralized even a little bit, again, I think that leans into his favor at 8,900, so I do like that. I think Lowry is going to be very popular, but I think for good reason. I think if you actually look at some of the, the models, the numbers, things that you don't have to look by that, you just look at your eye test and just think about the tournaments that he plays well in. Uh, incredible around the green game has been playing incredible in general, great form this season. Again, maybe doesn't win it, but at 8,700, he'll be, he can be your fourth golfer in in some of these lineups, which is crazy. So um, even with ownership, I still see him rate out pretty nice. And then here's my thing, Kenny, like, I don't mind your hat and call. I like Connors and Louis at the bottom, but the difference between Berger and Neiman, I want to get your take on this quick because right now it seems that people are just, you know, they're not, completely going away from a guy so even though most will say okay neiman burned guys on sunday at the byron nelson well i've already heard multiple people and even on the top of my mind like you said that sort of chip that went viral he's got the best around the green game in the world now coming out of this tournament right because of that one shot no, yeah, no but no. It, it does feel but like it is good. it's good it's damn t- good i, if I can, think if he's yeah, t- like i think said, he's 12 it. To i think pull he's 12 this off. year
0: and strokes gain around the green yes and i think i think three years ago he was like 120 something be- better so the, on the improvement bench. is the improvement is crazy and he's a better putter on bent
1: yeah so there, there's reasons to, to go there anyway I'm just saying I think and that then the
0: low ball play. fight, if it's windy as shit I mean it would, would really help it yeah. would pierce through everything I mean like I, I just think Neiman just fits this course I think he can win and I'd like the bet at forty five to one a lot.
1: So, so oh, one obviously. guy I like there, because he's right above him, is Berger. And that's what I was going to ask. Maybe Berger, you could play Berger and Neiman and get off Lowry. I'm just saying with Lowry's ownership, but it feels like Berger actually could up could end up coming in a little bit lower owned when you start to factor in all these names we're mentioning. And one thing about Berger, we used to always say with Berger and Adam Scott, we talked about it plenty on the show, where when they get into these stronger fields, that's why they're only coming in 20th. But at 8,600, and now I want to say this about Burgers. I think, again, people lump him into Bermuda Greens and Florida and easier courses and easier fields. But he, it seems like he's been better this last year coming in. And, and so now I wonder if it's time to shine in that aspect. And then you go back to one other course we didn't talk about. And it's funny enough, Xander's in the mix in this one as well. But if you go back to, uh, to Shinnecock, Burger was right in the mix. Started with actually an opening round 76. A lot of the guys, like for example, Brooks won after an opening round 75. But then Burger went calmed right down 71, 66, 73, ended up coming in six. And that was, again, way more over par with everybody than we're likely to see here. But just shimmy the board up some with the scores. It's still going to be tough. And so that's the idea where maybe it's good enough to come through. And that's what I'm saying. I kind of like this 8K range. We talked about it earlier. You guys want to leave a comment? on the YouTube channel, let us know your favorite play in this 8K range and why, or tell us why you hate our plays in the range while you're telling us you like yours. I'll go through and read all the comments for sure. But I just am curious about your thought there on the burger take, because we like him, but we've said all along in these tougher fields, he doesn't really come through. He ends up coming through at like the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, where of course he ships it over McNeely because no one else is really there. What, What are your thoughts on Burger here before we move on? I mean, just when it comes to the numbers, I mean, like he comes
0: number two on my model. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I figured just because of that, he would be popular. But if he's not, yeah, yeah. but I mean, if, if Neiman and Lowry, you know, gather up a lot of steam then he could be the odd man out in ownership, then it could be, I mean, I, and the thing is, that I don't think he's a bad play either. So, I mean, even if he's, if you like him, I I feel like even if his ownership's high, you should go ahead and play him because he's a damn good golfer and that's a good price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I personally like Neiman and Lowry better. Uh, this week, I, it just could just be me. Uh, you know, I don't know, it could be biased because of that one fucking shot, it could be that. I mean, you know, you know in my head, you know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but real it, but quick,
1: that's... the bottom two, the bottom Homa, Connors, Louis. Any of those three? I like Hatton, Hatton's. A guy I know you like one. Hatton. I'm asking about the other guy. three.
0: If I'm gonna play, I'd probably go Connors. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look again. Hold on, I'm looking at this wrong. No, give me Usti.
1: Yeah. I'm committed to Louie. That's how I was going to go back to him. I know he withdrew from the masters, which was interesting, but uh, in general, you know, majors moxie and just long-term his upside, his skill set, eight K we want Louis when he's lower owned, I'm still going to take a shot at him based on long-term and the fact that less are going to this range. And again, they will be on Connors there, which I have no problem with, but Louie's still a fine play at 8,000. And then of course the, the guys just below take us there, Kenny upper seven K range. You got, you know, Fitzpatrick Finau, guys like that that are going to be popular as well. What do you like here in the 7K range?
0: I mean, Fitzpatrick makes sense on a, on a course that where you think even par golf might be good, uh, especially with that wind. It just it just seems like I, like he's the new Jim Thurk or something like that. You know, he yeah. just goes out there, even par golf, does his thing, and, and not many big numbers, not many bogeys, par it out, the occasional birdie, do his thing, finish top 10, top 15. Uh, it just seems like something that can be pretty easily done for Fitzpatrick. Uh, this week but I I I like the guys a little bit lower um, I don't play him that much often Tommy Fleetwood Tommy lad uh, with uh, with a really nice short game and people are saying oh he's been playing like ass but before the RBC Heritage he had five straight top 25s five straight top 25s and he actually improved each time uh, so if you look before uh, the Byron Nelson before the Byron Nelson Uh, So we go back five weeks before the Byron Nelson. He finished 20th at the Arnold Palmer, 22nd at the Players, 16th at Valspar, 14th at Augusta, 10th at RBC Heritage. Uh, You know, the the form is there. Uh, I don't think because, you know, when you first look at the course and you think of his game, you're like, maybe the course is too long for him. But like I said in this course preview, this course is like sneakily not that long. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just like five holes. It's really put a lot of yardage uh, on this course. And, and you look at Tommy and how he's been, especially with that short game. It's been very, very good. He's gained strokes with his irons in four straight. Gained strokes with his um, uh, with his with off the tee in three out of his last four. Uh, I, you know, I I don't think he can win. But at 7,600, you don't need him to win. Top 10, top 20 could help your lineup out. Uh, and I'm, I'm also going to go, those are two guys I
1: like in the upper. Go ahead. Who do you like? Uh, yeah, I like the Fitzpatrick call. Again, I think he'll get popular as the week goes on, but he he probably should, like bogey avoidance, just dominance, scrambling in general. The only thing he's not really good at is longer irons, but does it really matter when the rest of your game is that good? And if you are missing greens, look, everyone's going to be missing greens here or You're rolling about off. Fitzpatrick? His... Yeah. You know, the funny thing
0: is, okay, his longer irons aren't the best, but he's one of the best from 200 to 225 yard on par threes. So it's par three efficiency for 200 to 225 is top 10 in this field in the last 50 rounds.
1: Uh, Which I like that even more because it just shows he can do it. But my point is exactly the, you know, the same point is that, you know, if he doesn't have it in the bag, that one particular skill set, he's got the rest to go with it. And I think that, like I said, you mentioned it earlier, but it's going to neutralize a little bit when, All these guys are missing greens in general. We have a very low greens and regulation percentage and he's got the game to flash around it. And it's just what he does. We want like an eight under, 10 under type score for a guy like Fitzpatrick. So hopefully that's the case. If the wind comes out, usually benefits him. So there's that. Uh, I like the Fleetwood call. Actually has himself a pretty, you know, strong around the green game. Everything else is there. And then Keegan Bradley, uh, just been playing some really good golf lately. He's got everything too. Solid around the green game. uh, Solid tee to green in general, always. Bogey avoidance. Everything just lines up. For Keegan Bradley, so I think he's interesting. I was going to ask you about Cameron Young. We debated this on the Mayo Show, Kenny. Just about, um, you know, overpriced. Is he even actually going to end up popular? Because everyone says that. Like, is you know, the guy seemingly has shown up at every tournament, but the ones he did not show up at and missed the cut were the tougher challenges, the Masters yeah. and the Players. If he got, I'm
0: not really that interested in him, especially if he gains ownership. I mean, the thing about it is like, okay, he's really good at like getting lots of birdies, lots of DraftKings points. That's not something I'm really looking at <laughs> this week. You know, what I'm saying he's 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 below average around the greens. Uh, his iron game's even just you know below average. It's it's not that great. Uh, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of him this week, and I've heard some people talk about him. Uh, I don't know what his ownership will be, but I, I'm not going to play him. I'd rather play Keegan, uh, just like you, at seventy five hundred dollars. Again, uh, you know when it comes, he's he, well above average in 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 chipping. Uh, you know around the green, uh, and I'm a fan. Of, you know the. The, the accuracy and the length off the tee and then strong iron game, you know, this could be something that he could do well at. So I do like uh, uh, Keegan uh, off the tee. Uh, I like Keegan of 7,500. Other guys down a little bit below, if you look, Billy Horschel, you know, really good season. You know, a lot of little top finishes. Uh, You know, uh, uh, we've seen some guys sort of fly out of nowhere, like the Duffners, the Keegans uh, in these PGA, uh, PGA championship. He can sort of fold into that mold and maybe do pretty well uh, at this event. So I do like um, Billy Horschel down here. My final cash game cornerstone. I was wavering back and forth all day between um, Sergio Garcia and um, Russell Henley. Uh, Now, Sergio had that long stretch. He was really, really poor uh, at majors after his win uh, at uh, at, the, at Augusta. But he's finished top 25 in his last three majors played. The weird thing is he's missed seven straight cuts in a row at the PGA Championship. Not sure what that means. Uh, uh, I'm still going to play him in GPPs. It's not going to stop me from that. But that sort of stopped me from playing him in cash. Uh, so I went Henley. Uh, you look at Henley. He's made his last iron game strong. Uh, you know, second shot course, if this really is a second shot course, he should be fine. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, Tita Green, top 10 in, in Tita Green, uh, avoid the big numbers, uh, really good on long par threes. And he's made his last 12 cuts at majors in the United States. You take away the Open Championship, the last 12 majors Russell Henley has played uh, in the United States, he is in a perfect 12 for 12 in made cuts. Uh, that's what I'm looking for as my as my cheapest cash game cornerstone, uh, but I still think he has top 25, top 30 upside, which would help. So my cash game cornerstones this week they are going to be uh, Jordan Spieth at nine thousand seven nine thousand six hundred, Hideki Matsuyama at nine thousand two hundred, Patrick Cantlay at nine thousand one hundred, Russell Henley at seven thousand two hundred. Leaves you fourteen thousand nine hundred dollars left. Uh, in your lineup to fill out the rest of your cash lineup for the two spots, um, so yeah, those are those are the guys I like in that lower range. Who do you like in lower range? Oh, what, uh, what do you think gonna... about what do you think about Patrick Reed? I have heard grumblings that this course favors a draw. Okay, you know Patrick hits the draw. You know he's exceptionally good uh, on. Uh, you know, at least in his career, he has been very very good around the greens. One of the best putters on bent fa- fast greens uh, in this field. Do you,
1: do you, do you take a fire on a 3% on Patrick Reed? I thought, no, but when you bring it up to the other thing, I was looking at it the same at the Shinnecock leaderboard, he came fourth, and then, you know, what his master's moxie is, which we've already talked about that being a comparison. And when you look at who's around and the him, price and the price, I was just going to say, was like, if he was like 80, 80, probably well, too expensive. Well, you're comparing but, it to like, yeah, like Matt Wolf is more than him. Like you've yeah. got Sep Straka, who's playing better lately. I get all this. I'm saying, but at a major, you can sometimes take on some of these risks. So, you know, there's always going to be these conversations. I don't love him. I don't hate him. Like what you just said, I could go there, but there's a lot of guys I like more. So uh, I love your call. Uh, I like Billy Horschel. I think he's very interesting. A couple of things you brought up. The only thing he doesn't have when you stat it out is basically driving distance, but I don't care because everything else is so strong. And then he's even really good top 10 in those shorter, the, the wedge game that you talked about earlier that was brought up where I think that's kind of interesting to add into the mix, a great scrambler, avoids bogeys, great on approach, all that stuff lines up. And again, he's going to get lumped into Florida, Bermuda, Billy, all these stuff, but I don't think that's true. Gary Woodland, same type of thing. He's almost like, to me, he's like Lowry for cheaper. He's basically done what Lowry has been doing. He's got that low stinger for the wind. He's got the ability to have the around the green game. We know at U S opens, he can definitely flash and shine. So this is a PGA championship, but it's either way. It's a guy that can come out and play a tough course and play well in a major. Jason Kokrak, I think is interesting at 7,300. Sergio is a flyer, like you mentioned, but then I love the Henley call too, because Henley uh, third in approach. This is just the last three months, third in approach, 10th in greens and regulation overall top 20 T to green and third with that wedge game. So you look at that and then as around the green games, top 30 as well. I think he's a guy that could surprise here at 7,200 that, you know, some people want to play them. Feels like they're getting a little bit tired of it though, at this point, and this would be the spot to hop back on. So I like that. And then um, right at 7,000, I was going to ask you, I think this is the next decision point. You've got uh, Norrin, Varner, Power, Harmon, and Bazudenhout. All sort of seemingly would fit like a tougher course, like a Fitzpatrick type mold, uh, you know, come from behind, score just enough. Hit that leaderboard by the end, enough placement points. We didn't talk a lot about it earlier, but going to be extremely important this week, obviously. So, what are you doing just at stone minimum 7k? What What are you doing at that price? I like, um, I like Norin,
0: you know, playing uh, really good at, at tougher courses. It seems like it was around the green game, uh, solid, uh, you know, uh, also you don't really see the big numbers once again, uh, when it comes with nor not too many doubles not too many triples uh, i think he can grind it out there do his thing uh i like nor at 7k but varner's been playing really good golf like almost all year uh i know uh you know he was he's been in the mix in a bunch of tournaments usually fades on the weekend but i don't think you can ignore varner uh at 7k so those two guys sort of sort of pop for me but i'd probably go Norn as my favorite in that range what about you of those 7k's
1: I just you just reminded me of something, so I was trying to look it up here, right quick. Well, I I'll keep on going. I'm no, no, no. I'll good, move. it's all good. I was going to say uh, that that was a different tournament, but uh, no, this is Beth Page Black, actually, uh, where Varner. Remember, he was actually in the final group yeah. of the PGA Championship that year, and then shot that 81. As Brooks, mm-hmm. his partner in that final group, went on to win. So that's mm-hmm. what it made me think of. But I, I did have Varner Varner start up here, just looking at it. Like all the stats are solid across the board. Everything in the the rolling stats, the last six months the long term, all that, he does sort of shine a little bit. And I don't know, it doesn't seem like a spot where people are going to want to play a bunch of Varner, especially when you've got Norin and guys yeah. like that right here in this range. So uh, power is the one I'm struggling with. Feels like we finally figured this guy out last week, another birdie fest. He shows up all the, the harder events. He sort of missed the cut or not played well at. So uh, if he's going to pick up some of the ownership, maybe get a little bit different there and go with a guy like Varner or Norin, who you mentioned a uh, Hoagie even, Last week, sometimes he can show up, so I think he would be interesting. And then other than that, nothing else for me in the 7K range, Kenny.
0: All right, let's move down to the 6K range. Why don't you go ahead and start?
1: Yeah, not much. Uh, it's definitely not a range I'm extremely excited about here. I'm going to make some decisions as the week goes on. But as of now, just looking at it, like, I don't know if you go back to, like, so Munoz and KH Lee, nobody's going to want to play them after last week, even though, the, again, you talked about it earlier. It's the opposite effect. Like, everyone wants to play speeth and Decky and Xander because of what they did at the Byron Nelson. Now they're top talents anyway, whether they did or didn't there, people would have played them. It's almost like the opposite sometimes for these guys that just played well at a birdie fest, like a Munoz or a KH Lee, where it's like, oh, they can't do that again, but they're priced accordingly. They're down here. So they're interesting. Um, Aaron Wise at 6,800 could get some popularity though. So he's someone I could come off of easily. Uh, Davis Riley, just better than people think. You got to give him a little bit this of a skill set. too move. well, the guy just has so many high finishes. Well, yeah, and I think when you look at Davis Riley, maybe it's a little bit preemptive. But like back in the day when we were talking about it earlier, and it like this is well, you know, further back. But you go back, it was like Xander Schauffele that year at the U.S. Open at Chambers Chambers Bay, where uh he ended up being like he was like sixty eight hundred back then, and that won the guy the millie. It's like you just have to take who's the guy that you believe in long term as a talent. And take some shots on them, and to me, there's two of them right there at 6,800 and 67. It's Davis Riley at 6,800, and it's Mito Pereira at 6,700. He's just they're cheap for guys that I think we're going to see in the 8K range a lot, even in stronger fields. And then eventually, who knows where it goes from there? But I think we're going to see that a lot. Uh, Sam Horsfield just won the Sudal this weekend, just passed now his third um DP World Tour win, so maybe he brings some of that form over. Keith Mitchell is a guy down here. And then not too much else, man. The the other decision really comes down to that 6300 range. So maybe we start backwards here and you roll with that. But what are you doing with like Lanto, Adam Hadwin or even Ryan Fox who finished, I believe, second at the Sudal to the aforementioned Sam Horsefield. So I don't know, Lanto and Hadwin were the opposite. They Lant, they were both sort of a little bit popular last week. Hadwin missed the cut. Lanto sort of did his thing over the weekend. This would seem like a better fit for Hadwin though. So what are your thoughts at 6,300? I like, I like Lanto. Uh, You know, the one
0: thing about it is he's actually um, uh, in the last 50 rounds. Now he, when it comes to lightning fast bank, grass greens, he's like the third best putter in the field. Uh, You know, when it comes to the last 50 uh, rounds on that, he has 25 rounds. So it's a little bit less than some, but still it's not like, too small of a sample size uh you know and he's been he puts really well on these and he makes he's been making a whole bunch of cuts uh here recently and you know he's been playing pretty good golf so i don't mind lanto Uh, and the thing is like i said placement points are going to be extremely important so when it comes to cash um like my four right now my i have my four cash game cornerstones lanto and joaquin neiman um in my cash game lineup and you know so spieth um Can'tley, not lay decky uh, Neiman. I think all can win. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you got four guys up there, uh, 8,500 or more that I think can win. I think Henley could top 25 and then we just need Atlanta to make the cut. And of course we talked about how, you know, 66 might be a little bit higher just because there's only about, you know, maybe 50 golfers are going to be cut that are rosterable 40 to 50. Uh, so I don't mind going in that type of lineup construction when it comes to cash, I'm not going to say that's how it's going to end for me on Wednesday. The four cash game cornerstones are going to stay. Uh, you know, I could change my mind about Neiman and Lanto, but right now they are the ones that are in my cash game lineup. Other guys I do like in the six K range, um, you know, uh, burn Weisberger. Uh, you know, he's, he's shown his metal uh, on the European tour. Uh, he's almost made Ryder cups. The talent level is there. Short game is solid. I th- he, he, we've seen him, um uh, at a major or two uh be up there in the first few rounds uh so i i like burn i like mckenzie hughes another guy who's really really good uh, at these fast hard firm type courses uh so i'll go with that for your canadian brethren over there and I, I, i'm back to a couple of old guys matt kuchar and kevin not uh, i can go just because uh you know you th- like i said this course I'm not sure if golfers are going to overpower it. Uh, I don't think they. I don't. Think, I don't know how it's going to play in that range. Like I, I wasn't sure how much emphasis I was going to put on strokes gain off the tee when it comes uh, to my model at this event because I, I just don't know how golfers are going to react. Uh, how they're going to do it because I mean, back in the day, it was basically all less than driver, uh, you know. But now with all these new. Um, you know, remodels and Hands and the trees being gone and the, the fairways being wider. It, it, it looks like it's possible that, you know, you see more driver off the tee. But then again, you're going to need to hit fairways. Oh, man, this tournament's going to be great. I can't, yeah, it, it, There's just so many factors uh, in it, it, it. You know, it's sort of blowing my mind right now. And so, and so I, I think I can go back uh, to, to those two type of golfers who who will just grind it out. And who have really, really good short games where if the wind does blow, they can get it up and down uh, and, and do well. So Kuchar and Na seem like that type of mold. And, you know, Kuchar's been playing really well. So what three top 12s in his last four events. And, you know, Na has, you know, I don't know if he has major winning upside, but the guy can win. The guy has upside. And at that price, I don't mind him. Uh, anybody else here?
1: No, I just want to try and sell you on Hadwin over Lanto quick, because I think this is interesting for everyone just digging in because I've done so much of it. But this is pretty crazy. So over the last eight events, Hadwin has gained on around the greens seven of eight. Lanto has lost in all eight in a yeah. row around yeah. the greens. Then you go back to the last three months total stats, which puts Hadwin ninth around the green. Lanto's 106th around the green. You go to overall tee to green, adam hadwin's 30th lanto's 59th and then you circle back and go forget the byron nelson but at the rbc heritage hadwin 26th lanto miscut valero hadwin fourth lanto 53rd valspar adam hadwin seventh lanto miscut the players lanto miscut adam hadwin ninth uh gaining on approach, four of his last five. I just think that's an interesting spot to go oh, back well, where he just burned made me change. 8, you just 000.
0: made me you just made me change my cash line. I'm changing from Lanto to Haben right now. There you go. <laughs> you, you talked me into it there, brother. That's why I like doing this show. You know what? You. I, I just don't you think, I talk to me into I don't it. think
1: you need this range, but I think for cash it's a great idea. And in tournaments, it can make a lot of things work. I'm just saying when people do this, I don't think it'll get popular enough. I think people are already worried about like who's going to be the $6,300 popular guy. And that most are going to be like six or 7% or something. Yeah. And that's where you can pretty much do whatever you want. And so I don't care you, in cash. When yeah, it comes especially to in cash, so, you don't care. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But I mean, I, I sort of want Neiman in my cash lineup uh, because I like him so much. And then you throw the other four golfers in there. I mean, it's a pretty solid five. And then you can just go in and hope either Hadwin or Atlanta, whichever one I pick at the end of the day makes the cut. Uh, that's basically what I'm trying to do and have, you know, a couple of these guys finish top five, maybe. Uh, and then you do that and even with a five or six, you got that, you still might be able to do it too, because I think the finishing position is going to be very, very important without that many birdies, uh, without that many birdieable holes on yeah. the course.
1: What if I, t- what if I told you this last thing and then we'll move on Neiman and Hadwin, or would you take a eight K guy? With like Norin. So you could do like yeah. Fitzpatrick Norin. You could do Connors Noren. You could, that's basically the same. I just thing like
0: Neiman a... so much that okay. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to stick with them. Like I said, Neiman's like one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, and I think he can win. Um, so I am going to go ahead and 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 have him on this lineup. So I'm going to have to have a $6,400 golfer. Yes. Sure.
1: Yep. Perfect. Let's go to the bets. What do you got? All right. All right. So bets
0: for me this week, I got, hold on. Let me log back in. I got uh, Spieth at 22 to 1. Um, I got Cam Smith at 20 to 1. Um, I got uh, Hideki Matsuyama, 40 to 1. Joaquin Neiman, 45 to 1. Hatton, 60 to 1
1: i like it you know at the start of the season we were worried about matt wolf i also went back and when i was listening to the season preview we we're like oh matt wolf 90 to 1 gotta think about getting this guy because he'll be whatever and now he's 175 yeah, no, no, to 1 I, I, have, I,
0: I made that bet when we when Did we you? talked about it so the, i have the one i, I made at the... matt wolf at 90 to 1 from like december 12th or yeah. some shit like that yeah.
1: now you can get him like 100 120 130 150 so, so I've got two from back then. It was the Homa 125. Now he's like 65 ish, 66, whatever. Nice. And then I got Gooch at 150. He's still like a hundred, some places and maybe more. So nothing too special there. Today I bet Woodland and Norin. Uh, Woodland 125, Norin 140, both with the top eight each way. The other two were top five. And then I did not bet anything else yet. So. I'm going to wait and see here. Like right now I can get a boost like Xander uh, at 28 is interesting to me, you know, a couple bets like that, but the numbers just, nothing really excites me. So I'm probably going to plant something bigger down on somebody. Once I decide by Wednesday, All the final bets when Mayo does his final bets on the Wednesday live show chat at 12 Eastern here on the Mayo media networks. So stay yeah, tuned. I, I
0: want to keep room for some live bets, but again, I was listening to Andy Lax podcast. Go check it out. Um, and he said that like every professional tournament that's ever been played here, the winner after the leader after 36 holes has won.
1: Yeah. And it's like, even like, Southern it's Hills. actually sooner than that. I was reading something else and it's like after Thursday, yeah. it's, like, it's like, it's not think, like, settled, but like, if you don't have a good first round, you're yeah, pretty much I think, no I think the of, leader
0: after 36 holes at every event played at Southern Hills has won this event. Yeah. So it's not great. like
1: a chase type of. It just points out regard. too, though. It goes that that's a great thing to point out, though, because it goes to the fact of complete game. Whoever's on their game enough to lead at this place after two days is that good of a game, and it's that tough of a course that they just go on to ship the thing. So uh, I don't hate that, but uh, I'm not really saving for in tournament. I'm gonna make some decisions over the next day or two here because I think it's you know just gotta wait and see if I can get some boost. Maybe the numbers shake up a little bit, but I don't love anything. Like I don't I don't love this board. Right now, as it is like Hideki dropped. You got a great number there. Uh, right. Neiman is not a good, like, I don't love the number, so it's just nothing I want to slam a bunch of money on for no reason. Yeah, I think 40 to one, 45 to one for Neiman,
0: I think is great. I think uh, 40 to one for Hideki is great, also. I, Your numbers I bet, are,
1: are excellent. Like I Hideki bet that on my book right I, now is 28. Well, I bet that I don't care when
0: Decky was making his move yesterday, so so it was prior to you know him finishing what runner up or whatever third. Uh, so yeah, so um. I like that number. I, I I like my bets. I like my card. and keeping it under sixty to one. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. I think it's good. Uh, one and done. I think I have Scheffler left. Uh, I think I have Scheffler and JT left. Uh, so I'll, I I'll probably play one of each. I'm playing. You know, oh, you want right each? Uh, I, I've and,
1: got Scheffler, so I'm definitely using Scheffler here. Uh, especially if I don't play him, I, I like the hedge of that. It doesn't really get me much, but I worked last week with uh, with Spieth. So I'm going to try it again this week with Scheffler. So that, that's all we got.
0: All right. That sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. It is out already. Uh, my course preview uh, on Wednesday, I'll release my uh, favorite GPP plays, my uh, cash game cornerstones once again, if they change and uh, my final betting card, see what I add. Also on Wednesday, I will be on the E9 emergency nine podcast on gups corner for members only. We're going to go over, uh, the cool thing about Gup's corner when it comes to weather uh, they do the Gup has this thing called the the heat map where depending on um, it'll give you like where the golfer is teeing off and what, how the the weather and the wind will possibly affect them. And it's color coded like green means they're going to be in the good draw Yellow means there could be, you know, in somewhere in between red is you probably don't want to play them. Uh so he has these specific tools for weather, all these you know, great tools in the green machine. I will be on the E9 podcast. We'll talk about ownership, we'll talk about the weather, we'll talk about everything going on, uh, last second moves, who you know, any changes from what we've done on Monday. So make sure you go to gupscorner.com, use promo code Kenny, uh, save yourself 30%. Uh, on a membership, you also include a seven-day risk-free trial. So if you sign up on Wednesday, you can get two tournaments uh, for free, uh, the PJ Championship and next week, uh, if you want to check it out. So go over to gupscorner.com.
1: And you can find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Follow me there. Turn on notifications on Wednesday mornings. I, of course, put out the favorite thread that everybody likes, Tambo's Tidbits. It's got 15 of the favorite things I find throughout the free content each week. Uh, It's good for everybody. If you can just do me a favor, retweet the first tweet, the one that says Tambo's tidbits with the breakdown, retweet that. It helps me out in these majors and things like that. A lot of good exposure helps build my following personal brand, things like that. So definitely appreciate it. Other than that, runpuresports.com. Talked about it earlier. We'll have the show on Wednesday, the premium show breaking down weather exposures. Tournament strategy, roster construction. I think everyone struggles with the most. Get the right guys, but the wrong setup. That's what we spend our time on on that show. So if you haven't signed up at RumpierSports.com yet, head on over there now. Use promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself signed up. Get 50% off your first month. All sports, one price. And then, of course, the other shows on the Mail Media Network. Wednesday, I talked about it a bunch. 12 Eastern with Mail, live in studio, going through the final breakdown for the week. And then, of course, Thursday night, doing the round two showdown shows for free as well here on the mail media network that's you show week, guys. cut sweat show this week i don't know if there's gonna be we're gonna we'll uh, probably talk about it on wednesday we'll see all right sounds
0: good all right so it's the second major this course is gonna be fun it's going to be a great watch i'm really looking forward to this i think i feel good about it so that means i'm gonna win absolutely nothing but still it should be a great time let's win some motherfucking money dj Nation.
1: Jordan Belford, stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Tipping on Syrah, trip them up with the words.